Ladies and gentlemen, Florida State secures its 10th win of the season against the Oklahoma Sooners. Fabian Lovett returns, Fentrell Cypress in the mix. We're going to talk about all of that on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles, a 2023 edition of Locked on Seminoles. That's right, folks. Happy 2023. Happy New Year. And I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Mr. David Wise Esquire. Davey, ¿qué pasa, mi amigo? Drake, I feel like a winner, uh, which is what Florida State is. It's a new year. It's a, it's a new era of this program. We're out of the mud. It just feels so good. It's happy to talk about, finally. It's happy to talk about it, folks. Today's episode of Locked On Sembles brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. As always, terms and conditions do apply. But Dave, the Florida State Seminoles, 10 wins on the year. They closed the book in 2022. Brighter horizon for 2023. You watched the majority of that game. I was able to catch it actually today. I actually was working during those festivities. but we managed to pull off a win against a team that, quite frankly, with Oklahoma, was a lot better than a lot of people expected. So, Dave, give us your thoughts from the game as a whole. Okay, so I want to start off by saying this. I was really frustrated at that game because we were a much better team this year than Oklahoma. Like, Oklahoma throughout the year was inconsistent. It was reeling at times. It never really found an identity. Um under our first year head coach, Brent Venables. And it just felt like what should have been an easy game for Florida State. Like, you take the name off the jersey. Take the Oklahoma name off the jersey. And that was an inferior team this season to Florida State. So I was really frustrated watching that team march up and down the field, uh, including with former walk-ons of former head coaches, um, Bob Stoops' kid. It was just, it was really frustrating to see what I thought had like developed into a a defense that was a force for Florida State. Just allow that Oklahoma team to score at will at times throughout the game. Now that's, that's juxtaposed against a Florida State offense that, that just nothing. It's sick. It's sick. It's really gross. It's awesome. It's disgusting. It's just. I think people worry in our fan base about when is that ride going to end? Like, when is the offense going to not be good? Is that going to happen? Is Are we going to revert? Like, people, I think, still have that fear because of the last six years. But that's not the case. This is what this offense is. And we have everybody coming back for next year, plus additions. I, I What I really want to say, though, is despite all of my frustration throughout that game, um, you had so many bright spots. Like, I mean, just Johnny Wilson is an animal. I, I, I cannot believe his performance uh, <laughs> just throughout that game. But we took Oklahoma's best shot. If you look at the team talent composite on 247, they'll tell you Oklahoma is the ninth most talented team in the country. 51 of their 83 scholarship players are blue chips. Um, that is a lot more talent than Florida State, which has 
31 four stars and 52 three stars on the roster. So we took the best shot of a far more talented team and we still won. So, you know, let, let Florida and Miami fans troll all they want. Let them talk about NIL offseason. We took the best shot of one of the most talented teams in the country and we beat them. That's all there is to say. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. And that's something that when we, we had uh, John and Josh from Lockdown Sooners actually on here for the Know Your Foe segment, actually the day of the game. That was one of the things that kind of harped on where Brent Venables still is an ace recruiter. And that's something that's going to take some time. And a lot of the younger players were playing. And quite frankly, that Sooners team has a very, very bright future ahead of them, especially on the defense side of the ball, as well as offensively with Javante Barnes. That kid is going to be a freak of nature, the, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners running back. But overall, I think you're right with that, that while the defense didn't basically have their best day, and we'll talk more about basically how we feel that the makeup of the team should be moving forward probably later on in the week. But this is something that we saw how the offense just it just keeps making opportunity, opportunity, opportunity for itself to you know showcase how this identity of this team is a high scoring offense supplemented by a defense that when you need to stop, they will get you that stop. And it was more than evident actually at the end of the game where when Jared Verse, who please, my man Jared, listen, I know you got some money. You got the first round grade and everything else, but we would love to have you for one more year with the Greek freak, aka John Pujas, and also the GOAT, Mr. Odo Hagens, like coaching you up on there. So to me, this team heading in 2023, we'll talk more about it in the next segment that bring key pieces back, which we'll touch on a little bit, but also bring in new players that this is a team ended on a high note and keeping the high note just ringing up until 2023 for the opener against LSU in Orlando next season. Yeah, this just, I think this was a really important win for Florida State though. Getting back in the double digit win column, I mean, nine wins is huge, would have been huge progress regardless, but a 10 win season was so improbable for this team, which means a lot of things had to go right uh injury i'm not going to say luck because this team was awfully unlucky at times throughout the year but you know just in we had decent injury luck uh for the most part um but mike norvell coordinated this team into a winning mindset into a consistent producer um and the the makeup of this team at the end of the year compared to what we thought it was going to be going into the year is night and day this team despite being less talented than some of our opponents is playing as well as anyone in the country right now like i I, i'm not going to say this should have been a playoff team that's that's not what i'm saying here but like i don't know if you put us on the field with michigan i don't know that they beat us i'm not sure um that's the point the point is what mike norvell has done to this team is put it in a position so that there's very few teams in the country you you'd be confident beating Florida State. There's not many of them. That's where we are as a program. So going into next year, and we're going to talk more about why we're even more excited, we have so many reasons to think this team is only going to build off a 10-win season. Yeah, and also it's 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 kind of beautiful right now. We're here celebrating a 10-win season, and then we have other schools right now celebrating kicking a field goal in the end of a meaningless bowl game to, con- to continue a uh, scoring streak alive. And, like, you know, that's just something basically just shows – this program is different. The logo still holds more weight. And quite frankly, I'm just blessed and it's happy to be here that we, Dave, it's fun now. This is actually getting really, really fun. And I'm stoked to do this offseason with you. Drake, it is so much fun. Uh, we took Oklahoma's best shot, but o- Oregon State did not take Florida's best shot. That's a program that doesn't give a crap because it's a coach that's not very good. But anyways, setting that aside, I just want to acknowledge something everybody in the comments has being, been saying all year. Mike got us. You guys were all right. Mike does got us. He, he is the real deal. You've seen it. You've heard it. It, it's real. It's in front of us. And there is 
only reason to be optimistic that this team's going to get better going forward, which is something Florida State fans haven't had in a while. So it's just good vibes all around, ladies and gentlemen. The vibes are immaculate. But also, do you know whose vibes are also immaculate, Dave, as well? Who's that? Our friends over at LinkedIn. That's right, folks. Today's talented sponsor is LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Dave, let the folks know how much you've been a a fan of the LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Drake, I have. I'm an attorney, and I work for a small law firm, and so is Drake an attorney also. Uh, I, I have involvement in hiring, and it is really, really hard across Florida and across the country to find paralegals, let alone good paralegals. And the way we've done it is we've gone on LinkedIn Jobs. It is free. It is easy. It is where every professional is these days. So it's really easy to match candidates. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Again, it's free. Why not try it? Folks, you have to try because tr- trust me, I use LinkedIn Job Solutions for finding my job and my spot. And right now, I couldn't be more happy actually at the place that I'm at right now. Trust me, I tell Dave all the time how I'm just in a much better spot now from the last firm at the firm I'm currently. But folks, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free, for free, and most importantly, vote free. And as always, folks, terms and conditions do apply. And we're back. We're rocking and rolling. But Dave, do you know who also is back? Drake. I'm getting the sense it's a player on our team who's very important, arguably the most important on our defense. We have Mr. Agent Zero, a.k.a. Fabian Lovett, the anchor of this entire defensive line. Honestly, this entire defensive unit is just announced earlier today, Sunday, as we're recording this, that he is returning for his final season at Florida State. Dave, I don't know how to start with this. Just, I think the only way we can say is how important he is to this team, but just... Delve further, basically, how big of a return is this for, you know, Fabian Lovett to come back for the boys for 2023? Yeah, Drake, uh, Fabian Lovett played only about 200 snaps this year. And those snaps for which he was on the field were so obviously different and better than the snaps when he wasn't on the field. Like when you took him off the field, it became easy for teams to run up the middle on us. And it, it was just... It was readily apparent to anyone, like even casually that watched, that we were just deceived without him in there. Um, Obviously, I think his injury is the reason why he's probably coming back. I mean, I'm sure he wants to put more on tape than 200 snaps. When he is on the field, he is utterly dominant. Uh, Despite the fact that he played only 210 snaps, he was still third on our team in PFF grades for players with over 100 snaps. Obviously needs to work needed to work on his tackling this year. He was the lowest graded tackling defender. Uh, but my God, oh, that's, not, that's not his job. That's not his job. Come on, it's man. not his job in run <laughs> defense, though. In pass rush, he was incredibly solid, well above average. I don't think people fully appreciate or understand the impact of a defensive tackle coming back because it's not sexy. Um, but the line of scrimmage is easily the most important part of building a championship team. Kirby Smart will tell you that. Nick Saban will tell you that. I know a lot of people don't like Jimbo Fisher, but that's how he built his championship team here. Um, you got to have you got to have uh, solid trenches. And 
Obviously, we're still up in the air on Jared Verse. We'd love him to come back. But um, having Fabian Lovett back, regardless of whether Jared Verse comes back, is going to shore up this defense significantly. It, and you should think of it as an addition to this team because I still thought that even playing the limited snaps that he was going to go pro because he would have gotten drafted for sure with the yeah. limited tape from this year. So I think of that as an addition to this team, like a recruiting addition. The fact that Mike Norvell was able to convince him to come back to Florida State, that is a strong indication of his recruiting. So think what you want about like the high school recruiting stuff. He's getting our best players to stay and play football for another year when they probably would have been drafted. That's incredible. No, I completely agree with that. Even though I will say, I mean, it, it is right. I think it is right to be kind of, you know, critical of how the staff has done on the high school level. It's something that does need yeah. to be brought up. But it is, you know, a talented thing where you need to bring the players back. That is one difficult thing to basically to, to convince. I mean, Fabian Love at this point now is like, what, 22-year-old? Maybe he's 23. You know how hard it is to convince a kid of his talent who actually can be drafted, go to the NFL, make some solid, decent money? to come back not only to basically play still at the college level, risk injury, but also, folks, remember, they still have to go to class. It's, trust me, and being at that age, taking those classes at that age, it's it's difficult. It's different. And overall, with Fabian Lovett coming back, he was someone that it was instrumental how good this team was. We missed him for those three games. What happened in those three games? We lost those three games. Yep. Also, Fabian Lovett, when he was off the field, not playing, FSU allowed allowed teams to have 45 extra rushing yards per game while he was out. Teams all scored an extra eight points while he was out. This kid is most likely the most important player on yeah. your team or as a whole, not named Jordan Travis. Yeah, and you're the gonna... fact that he's come back is just utterly a blessing in disguise because this yeah, kid, like, he's good. We got the same news today that earlier before that that Jamie Robinson declared for the NFL draft. Don't blame him. Uh, that kid is NFL ready. Go make yeah. your money. But, you know, I go back and forth on because you hear a lot about Jamie Robinson being the leader of the defense. They say it during the broadcast. You see it on the field, him calling things out. It, it's it's hard to overstate his importance on this team. But in terms of who made the absolute biggest impact when he was on the field on this defense, yes, I think it's Fabian Lovett. I think you have to shore up the front first. And then, you know, we're going to talk about it next, but we think we'll be okay in the defensive backfield. The importance of Fabian Lovett coming back is as important as any other recruit we landed, transfer or otherwise, in this class. That's how important it is. I mean, not only that, like you saw how different the game played out against Oklahoma when he yep. wasn't in the game. And not only that, do you see also like how we've attacked transfer portal? Two of our biggest additions are on the defensive line, but the more specifically, they're on the defensive interior with Daryl Jackson coming from Miami and Braden Fisk coming from Central Michigan. Now you have those two in a rotation with Fabian Lovett and also with Joshua Farmer, so you can keep them fresh. Like that to me shows that like this 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 staff knows where their weak points are. They know where they they know where the holes are to basically you know to fill the gaps and everything else. So to me, with Fabian coming back, that rotation is going to be elite. And like you said before, it's going to uh, like de-stress a lot the, the secondary because trust me, they need a lot of help. But we did get some help today. Yeah. So just for perspective, Robert Cooper graded at a sixty-one this year. Um, so obviously we lost him. Uh, Robert Cooper is beloved <laughs> by our, by our fans, I think, because he is a max effort guy. Uh, but his performance was super replaceable. We have improved already the defensive line, particularly, like you said, the defensive interior through this transfer portal and getting Fabian love it back. I, I think you're going to see a much more stout interior of the defense next year. So all that's left to see is Jared verse going to come back. Is that outside going to be just as good as the inside of the defensive line? 
if he does, and if it is, ooh, it's going to be one of the best defenses in the country, Drake. That's what I'm telling you. It's going to be scary hours, folks. But you know what isn't scary hours, Dave? Hmm. What's that? Or friends over at Bet Online, folks. Mm-hmm. Bet Online is your number one sports for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And officially for the first Fade Dave segment of 2023 of the millennia of the year of the day of the week of the, the hour, I am picking the national championship. Right now, yeah. currently, the TCU Horn Frogs, led by Sonny Dykes and the greatest ginger of all time, Mr. Max Duggan, are 13 and a half point underdogs against the fighting Stetson Bennett the fourths. David, what are you taking in this game? Drake, uh, Ohio State gave Georgia... And try all, to be nice. And try Ohio to be nice. State gave Georgia all they could handle in that game. Georgia was lucky to win. Um, Ohio State is one of the most talented teams in the country. Um, I believe absolutely nothing about TCU. I think along with Michigan, ironically, they're the two biggest frauds in college football. There is no number you could have said that would have dissuaded me from betting on Georgia. You could have said 30 and a half, and I would have said Georgia. I think Georgia wins this game in one of the more embarrassing national championship fashions of our lifetime. So Georgia minus any number you want, including 10 and a half or 20 and a half. Don't care. Also, folks, I do want to remind you all, Dave is actually defeated. Actually, Wayne does take Georgia in these games. He did take Georgia to cover against Ohio State last time we were on at plus at minus six and a half. Folks, you know what happened there. Ohio State misses a field goal, loses by one. So, folks, as a tradition, keep it alive. Fade, Dave, take TCU at plus 13 and a half. That's a smelly bet, but uh, let's go with let's go with tradition here. Or ride with Dave, which is probably the most sensical pick here, and take the Georgia Bulldogs to win, win their second in a row at minus 13 and a half. Okay, Dave, we're at the end of today's show. So let's go towards the defensive end. A secondary or let's see how that works out word wise but most importantly we landed the number two transport target per 247 sports or on three i think it's one of the two in fentrell cypress the university of virginia defensive back dave this is a massive get i think he was number i think it was number three on all power five when it comes to secondary players this quite frankly is probably the most important get that we've had in the portal since the season began or sorry since the transfer portal basically kind of started off drake i am elated to land Fentral Cypress. And those of you who aren't familiar with his game, like Drake said, literally one of the one of the best performing secondary players in FBS. Um, Fentral Cypress graded out last year on 661 snaps at an 87.8, 87.6 in coverage, 77 in run defense, and 76 in tackling. Um, Drake, that is remarkably higher than our highest rated defensive back. Like Greedy Vance was our highest rated uh, cornerback at 74.7 this year. Again, Ventral Cypress, 87.8. That is first round cornerback type play we're getting. Um, again, just an embarrassment of riches through the transfer portal. The, 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 the debate about like, is the transfer portal recruiting sustainable? Can you win a championship doing it? I mean, ECU's got a bunch of transfers on their team and they're playing for a championship. Um, we got a bunch of transfers on our team. We just won 10 games. When you're adding transfers that are, I, I said before, we need to land guys that are impact players. You know, we have all these guys leaving the program, transferring elsewhere. So the guys that we bring in to replace them can't be like fungible to them. They have to be impact players, better replacements. Ventral Cypress is immediately the best secondary player on our team. If Jamie Robinson had stayed, Ventral Cypress would have been the best secondary player on our team. 
So we now have an absolute lockdown corner, which means we can focus on the other spot, figure out who's going to start opposite of him. And I, I think all that's left in the portal is just a safety to try to try to replace Jimmy. But my God, man, this this truly is one of the best cornerbacks in the country. And he's now a Florida State Seminole. No, I mean, it's a, it really is a massive get. I mean, player, I think we're going to pair him with Renardo Green. I think Weapon X kind of showcase basically his full first full healthy season. I'm excited to see him there. Also, we can kind of allow not only Azaria Thomas, but Kevin Knowles and Mark Cooper to kind of, you know, get their footing back from when they had a very promising freshman season back in 2021. And then I do think basically, you're not, I don't think you're done with the portal. I do think you go over and see in the safety spots. I, I would love to grab uh, Jihad Carter, the, Safety actually out of Syracuse. I think he's one of the top rated safeties actually in the country. Or maybe get another Deuce, get Deuce Chestnut, actually be another defensive back. And then also maybe get secure another defensive end because we did see kind of rotationally during the Oklahoma game that our defensive ends did struggle a little bit, but that also could have been probably because the defensive interior wasn't kind of, you know, pushing back the line at the point of attack. So, but with Fentrell Cypress, it allows you to rest your corners, play a little bit more, and also maybe open up the book a little bit because it does seem that this entire year, that our defensive staff, particularly Marcus Woodson and Adam Fuller, didn't trust our secondary to basically be, you know, be one-on-one, mono-e-mono with a lot of players and basically kept everyone in front of them, played a little more vanilla. But Fentrell Cypress, to me, you beat out schools like Ohio State who have been churning out defensive backs as of late to the NFL. You also beat out Clementine, who's done the same damn thing, and someone who actually is not only your individual, is, is in your conference. So this is a massive recruiting get, Massive gift for our our CFP potential title hopes for next season. And this really goes to show basically how we're striking while the iron is hot and just keeping momentum going strong into the new year. You are 100% right. Fendril Cypress is a guy you're going to say, go cover your guy. That's it. You're not, you don't need to help him. You don't need to give safety help over the top with him all the time. So you saw us running a lot of too high safeties against Oklahoma. I don't know that you're going to need to do a whole lot of that if Fendril Cypress is one of your corners on the boundary. Just kind of let him do his thing. On on almost 400 coverage snaps this year, Drake, they threw at him 40 times. Receivers caught 18 of them for an NFL passer rating of 58 against. That is awful. You don't throw his way. Good things don't happen when you throw at Federal Cypress. Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah, you you bring a guy like that back, you're right. It's going to help the defensive line. So if Jared Verse does come back, for example, I think that's going to make his life a lot easier. It'll give him that extra time that maybe the quarterback has to wait another half second. And that's all you need if you're a defensive lineman. That's the difference between a sack and maybe a hurry or getting close. And if you add sacks to what this defense was able to accomplish this year, how many do we have against Oklahoma? Eight, I think. You add yeah, we had you, five, I think. I think we had five in the first half. Right. So you add a shutdown corner to that mix, and you were talking about a defense that I think this year we came in and saying it should be top. 25 top 35 ish type defense uh, depending on what happens with jared verse and what we add to the safety spot through the transfer portal regardless of that you should be looking at a top 20 defense but depending on what happens with that you might be talking about a top 10 defense here and you already know what the offense is going to do and is going to and is going to be uh bringing back next year so this is this is christmas drake uh mike dorvell's got us he's he's bringing in the talent that we need at the spots that we're concerning this year. The quarterback play got better throughout the year a little bit towards the end, but it was an absolute liability the first half at least of the season. So to see us bringing in somebody who's immediately the best cornerback on the roster and is really going to help this defense next year, 
just puts even more confidence in Mike Norvell for me after already doing the impossible this year. So now what, what do you what do you do now if you're Marvell and the boys? What do you do with Money Mike? What do you what what more I guess do you I guess would you, Dave, if you were the one running the show, have on your wish list for kind of, you know, the remaining transfer spots? Do you try to go after basically some of the you know later kids, like the high school kids, like try to get some more damage in the rough? Or would you simply just just now just focus completely on Trade Portal? And if so, which positions would you want to mainly focus on? No, I don't think you do the high school thing this year as 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 much as that's probably going to annoy some some of our fans. Well, I mean, uh, I, mean, I, mean I mean, like grab like one or two kids. Not, I'm not saying like go like yeah. grab like yeah, like we have well, more spots with that. Well, the, we room, have, room, the room, it's expanded for the um, this year. Right. What we have going on next year is a really unique situation, not just for Florida State but nationally. You have a roster of extremely talented, high performing kids, a bunch of them who all got together and collectively decided not to go pro. That does not happen in this day and age. And a lot of those guys on our team that are coming back could have gone to the NFL. Um, I firmly believe Tatum Bethune would have been drafted, for example. Um, But they didn't. They're coming back. And if they're coming back, they all have a purpose, which means next year is your money year. You have to take advantage. You have to treat that as your window to compete for a championship. So you got to bring in guys who are going to help you Right now, not guys that might like push for a little bit of playing time. You need to bring in guys who are going to play meaningful snaps for you next year at positions where you're not, you know, you don't have a too deep of guys that you trust against anybody. So, you you know, again, there's there's some dominoes left to fall in terms of guys declaring for the draft. But, you know, maybe you go after a defensive end. Maybe you go after a safety. And if there's a starting type offensive lineman out there, again, I'll take as many of them as I can get. But those are the three spots at this point that I think still have talent we could infuse in that would help us right away next year, depending on, again, what happens to Jared Verse. But aside from that, you you got to treat it as your money here. I agree with that. I think basically we should probably go safety. I think is the number one priority for that. I do think Akeem Dent does come back. I think basically he dealt with some lingering issue at the end of the year. And as someone that he actually started off the season really, really well, and then just kind of fell off there at the end. And then to me, We'll also do defensive end. I do think there will be some names after probably the CFP is kind of fully over where bowl games are still happening. Kids are still, you know, waiting to enter the portal. They have till the 15th, I think, to do so or to set up their new destination. So that's more of a wait and see with that. So safety, defensive end, probably offensive linemen too as well. I know with the Casey Rock situation, we're still monitoring that to see kind of how that ends up. And maybe grab yourself a linebacker for depth purposes. I love Brendan Gant. Um, I think it's going to be great here, but it's maybe more, more of an insurance policy to see how his development goes along. But Dave... It's great to be back in the lo- in the year of 2023. Please, my new my new news resolution is basically to not tell you what to do. So from now on, <laughs> I'm going to be saying, Dave, send us home. All right, everybody. I love you. Thank you for being here. We couldn't do what we do without you. And now we are back and we are rested and we are recharged and we're ready to give you quality content that we promise you'll enjoy. And for our content for the podcast, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, all those places. For the podcast, give this video a like if you would. Takes two seconds, please. Subscribe to the channel. It also takes two seconds. Ding that little bell. Turn your notifications on. Let you know when our episodes drop. And leave us a comment. What are your biggest portal needs? What is your forecast for how we fill out this class? And what's your early win total for next year? That's what I want. I want to read your early win totals. I also do want to say thank you to the Battles End. They're doing some great work yep. over there. I mean, they're right now they're crushing it. And as uh, Jaheim Bell was saying, they're standing on business right now as we speak. So you know, just keep on doing the uh, keep on doing the damn thing, fellas. And uh, yep. 
Folks, we will be re- re- returning our State of FS Union. Actually, Dave and I will be talking about our first potential guest kind of actually after the show wraps up. So when Dave says a comment, please comment below also who you think we should actually be bringing on the show. You can put yourself on there and maybe you know we'll, uh, we'll send you a direct message to see when we can actually orchestrate something. But for Dave, that was Drake. For Dave, this is Drake. And we'll see you all next time on Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. And it's been a long week. <laughs> Number one transfer portal class, baby. 